0: Jimmy, Jimmy, are you in there? Hey, mom, it's good to hear from you. How was Italy? Really, 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 really good. I went with your stepfather, and
1: uh, it was a nice time.
0: Oh, that's nice. Hey, everybody!
1: Oh <laughs> my gosh, he's back! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Patriots Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, Chris, how's it going today? I think it's episode 218. 218th time we talked about Google Ads and we are answering
1: our listeners' questions today. How are you doing? Man, I, um, I, <laughs> I don't think I'm doing as good as you. You're at the, on the top of the world, flying high. Thanks. Um, yeah. Good. I, I usually keep it pretty low to the ground. Um, but I enjoy watching those that fly. And uh it's great. So I'm excited. I was not excited to be here. Now I am. <laughs> um so <laughs> good, good. <laughs> How's that to start a fight? The host literally says, I don't I don't want to be here.
0: Hey Chris, that's why that's why people listen because we give them the truth, we give them honesty. <laughs> and if you want more honesty, we do an after show on Patreon. But, you know, we say it's on Patreon and some people are like, "On oh, Patreon. I don't want to do... Pa-. Well, you can get an RSS feed. You can add it to your podcast player, yep. Apple Podcasts. Easy. And you can listen, just like a podcast. $2 a month and $4 if you want video. And we talk about business and we're answering your questions today about Google ads. And then on Patreon, we've got a couple business of pay-per-click questions. We thank you all for being here. And... Besides the questions, we have a review of the week, but I'll let Chris take it from here.
1: Yeah. So you guys know we're incredibly successful Google Ads managers. Jason manages amazing campaigns. I manage semi-amazing campaigns. And you want to know how we do it? We have tools. And if you want the best online Google Ads toolkit that makes your day more productive, that gets things done faster, this is the toolkit to get things done faster, Optio. If you haven't heard of it, go check it out. There's a 60-day free trial to try it for free. That's what free means. You're not going to pay during this time period to try this. Two months, two reporting cycles for you agencies out there that want to take things to the next step. And let me give you a couple ideas about some of the toolkits that uh, you can do. Th- these are processes. You know, We talk about automating things and how Jason and I aren't big fans of automation. This tool is not an automation tool, it automates your tasks. So you are the machine, and it helps add oil and gas to your process. So it doesn't make the answers for you, it simplifies and makes your process faster. So still the same knowledge that you get for manually uh, optimizing your campaigns, but this takes it and adds rocket fuel to it. So get things done, Faster in real-time, monitor and diagnose uh, performance issues, and you're going to love this tool, opteo.com slash psp2 for a six zero, that's 60. That's a lot of days, 60-day free trial. Check it out, opteo.com slash psp2.
0: Thanks, Chris. I don't want to thank People who leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. When you do that, you get to be in control. You get to manipulate the world around you, the software, and it shares our show with more people. So this review comes from the number one country now and from all times, the hope of the world, the United States of America. Five stars. Love these guys. Very few podcasts have me laughing out loud on a regular basis. And the dynamic between these two hosts are what makes this podcast great. Jason brings an energetic humor while Chris balances him out with dry sarcasm. Hey, Chris, you know what's funny? Like half the reviews and half the audience, they they think you have this dry sarcasm thing going, mm-hmm. and then half just don't think you're funny. <laughs> so no one knows if it's like just dry sarcasm or if it's just, just you. Not, so not that's good stuff. Uh, they also do... De- Sorry. Yeah. No laughing. Review. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apology accepted. They also deliver some solid... All right, that's it for that review. I don't think we deliver some solid PPC advice. I <laughs> he think said one word wrong, so, and you're not yeah. gonna
1: read the rest.
0: Some, yep, some. That's it.
1: So some of it's not. Okay.
0: I would like, I would like those. If you're gonna leave a review, I would like them to be positive. So please <laughs> lay it on thick and then lay it on thicker. Okay, let's start thinking dictator style. What would you do to a dictator? He, you would not use the word some. some so always if you want to get on there. You want to make your wife a Google Apple podcast account or whatever, and leave a second review. You can say it's your second <laughs> at bat and you can try it out again. But if you put the word some in there right before PPC advice, probably not going to read that. So first question comes from Nas from Switzerland. I normally create a shared negative keyword list when I add all the unwanted keywords And search terms. How do you go about that? Sometimes I'm unsure whether to add negative keywords as phrase (laughs) or broad match modify. Oh. We'll talk about that in a second. How do you distinguish between them when it comes to negative keywords? So, Chris, uh, how do you do negative keywords these days? Are you using list? Are you at the uh, campaign level or somewhere deeper? And then let's talk a little
1: bit about match types. Okay.
0: Negative matchups.
1: So first, let's talk about lists. Um, The only time I use lists is whenever I have a grouped idea of things that do not need to be edited or added to on a regular basis is typically when I do it. Now, I'm talking about regular Google Ads management agencies out there might have some kind of master list they use in an account level and share it across everything. I don't even like that because that gets too close to just – You know, one and done, you know, you just apply the same thing to everything. That's not the kind of thing I'm talking about. I prefer lists for things like if I'm going to block 50 or 49 states, right? They only Mm -hmm. advertise in Oklahoma, and that's it. I'm going to block all the other state names. Okay, that's the kind of list I'm talking about. So I'm going to block, you know, I'm going to create a, a shared negative keyword list of all the other state names. Or if they, um, you know, have competitors that and and they send me a compiled list of competitors, I'll put that in a negative shared keyword list, something like that. Now, that's for groups and ideas. Now, as far as single keywords, I won't get into the match types yet. I'll let you break the ice on that. But my idea is I usually go with constant Updating to at the campaign level. I rarely do ad group level. And this is totally a personal opinion, but I don't like ad group level because usually when I see ad group level, you know, people will negative out the keywords from another theme. So let's say if you had blue shoes and red shoes, they might add blue as a negative keyword in to, the, the in to the red ad group shoes ad what's
0: wrong with that why do you have a problem with that because
1: what if someone searches for blue and red shoes done you don't show an ad you've now blocked an opportunity for those people that combine both of those aspects and you lose out so i don't do a lot of ad group negative stuff i don't like it so it comes down to uh lists for groups and campaign Mm -hmm. level for um uh for for everything else i'll let you get into the match types
0: well, just to wrap up that conversation about list versus campaigns and versus ad groups, I think I like all three of them. Which one do I use the most? Probably campaigns. However, I think all three of them can be great. My qualification on that would be have a reason you're doing them. A lot of people, and I just went mm. through this this week, yeah. did a build for an agency. The agency threw a little fit because we didn't have enough negative keywords in there. And one thing I've noticed is People obsess about negative keywords before you even start and so I think not on all of our campaigns I've got some cam- some accounts that have thousands of negative keywords sure um, but those accounts I've been managing for years and we're doing different strategies that call for a lot of negative keywords running pure broad aggressively and getting great results so you got to have a lot of negative keywords and it's been years but I think people would probably be surprised how few negative keywords we have mm-hmm. on a lot of our accounts. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because we're great at what we do. We, we produce great search terms with keywords that we're in control of. So if you're in control of your keywords, heavily modified broads, phrase exact, you don't need negatives a lot of the time because your search terms should be perfect anyway. And if you're getting 10 clicks a day, 300 a month, and you're getting like 97% great search terms, you should only be adding a handful of negatives each month. So the list shouldn't be that long. That said, if you go for years, you can really build it up. But if you are in a situation where you need a lot of negatives, I just think that comes as you manage the campaign and start to see what the search terms are. So my, my first kind of bone to pick, Chris, is just people who obsess about hundreds and hundreds of negatives before you even start. For everyone out there, that's just called busy work, and that's just called <laughs> you're charging people a lot of money, and you don't know why, mm. and so you got to justify it somehow. But if you can build trust with your clients, and they can realize that you got their best interests at heart, you don't need to build up stupid lists for no reason. But that said, I like lists, Chris. I like campaign. I like ad group. The thing with ad group negatives, the blue versus the red, that really does happen where you get the wrong searches yep. that come into yep. the wrong ad group. It does. But here's here's why it happens. It happens when you're bidding super aggressively on one ad group and not as aggressively on the other. So what I've noticed, if you have blue and red shoes as ad groups and you're bidding about the same, from my experience, the blue is going to come in the blue ad group. The red searches are going to go in the red. But when you have an ad group that's way more valuable to your client and you've, you're bidding like f- double or more on that ad group – the ad rank on those keywords is going to be so much higher than the other one where they're a better fit. When you see those start coming in, the red coming in the blue, then add red as an ad group negative yeah, to blue. But point. there's nothing wrong with doing it yeah. up front if you think it's going to be a problem. And then list. My one thing with that, Chris, they're great. It makes sense. If you have multiple campaigns where negatives can go, definitely apply list to multiple campaigns, manage it that way. However, you can really screw yourself up. If you start applying lists to different campaigns, you build out those lists to thousands of keywords, then you create a new campaign, you kind of forget what's in your list. Mm -hmm. So I would say two things. One, there's nothing wrong with making a number of lists. And just because some of my lists have thousands of keywords, maybe I wouldn't do that going forward. If I started again on these accounts, maybe instead of having one list with 2000 negative keywords, I would have like 10 lists with 200 negative keywords. So they were more manageable. Like this one is US states that are not the one we're targeting. Okay, now I know that what's yeah. in there and I can apply that Organized. with confidence. So yeah. And then the second thing is um, with list, I think I forgot. So Rachel, please. I don't know. You, we don't need to edit that out. I'm a human. Some people forget <laughs> it and I am human. It's okay. And I did mess apologize. up there, but that's okay. So Chris, no, I don't, I never apologize. So Chris, <laughs> I, and you do. You're you're weak, Chris. I no. already got you do no, humble apologize for in this humble. show. We're a few minutes in. No the word's weak. <laughs> when I look up humble in the dictionary, there's not a definition. It just says C weak. C weak. <laughs> so Chris, let's talk about negative keyword match types because it is a very interesting situation. There's so many questions that come up with like, what would this one block? I'm worried about blocking too much. Let me just give everyone the mindset that I use that works. Mm, It's not a bad thing. It's just the way the world works. Google is out here trying to make money for their shareholders. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. They've made a great platform. They've helped thousands of businesses and search engine marketing works. Now that said... They need to make money. At the same time, they don't want to hurt advertisers by advertisers adding the wrong negative keyword match types and then not being able to show up and not being able to get calls for their business. Mm -hmm. So I think in the overall scheme of things, if you think about how those two goals, advertisers getting traffic to grow their business and Google also providing that traffic and making money, that means when you add a broad match negative keyword, it's going to be fairly locked down. And it's not the same kind of broad match As a regular positive broad match keyword. So an example they give, if you add running shoes, this is straight from their help. As a broad match keyword, pure broad. Running shoes, negative keyword, pure broad. Two words. You add two words, running shoes. No no, uh, parentheses or no uh, quotes or brackets or anything. Just pure broad. No modifiers. Blue tennis shoes, you're going to show up on. This is running shoes, negative. Blue tennis shoes, you're going to show up on. Running shoes, negative. Running shoe, you're going to show up on. The singular version of running yep. shoes, you're going to show up on. Yep. Blue running shoes, you're not going to show up on because it contains running shoes. Shoes running, they say you're not going to show up on. That's a surprise to me. Yeah, But that is surprising. that's what they're saying here. And then running shoes, the exact negative you had, you're not going to show up on. So they really look at those words, apparently. So running shoes and then in reverse shoes running, you're not going to show up on. But running shoe, you will. So just to read this, Chris, for search campaigns, you could use... Broad match, phrase match, or exact match, negative keywords. They say negative. Well, first thing to point there, there's no word modified in these instructions. Broad match, phrase match, or exact match. So neither of us think broad match negative in the, is a thing. Bro, excuse me, broad match modified. What happens if you do add broad match modified? Nothing. I don't know. Do you think it adds it as a pure broad? No. It, or do yeah. you think it just doesn't add? It, it just
1: ignores the punctuation. Same thing that happens with keywords that were used. You and you're, you're
0: confident in oh, that? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. If you put a plus, because I see it all the time okay. when I do consulting That's with people. That's a good thing
0: for people to know. Yeah.
1: If you put punctuation in there that isn't proper, um, whether it's a negative keyword or a regular keyword, Google will just ignore it. I, I have I know that happens because I see people to put quotes on one side of a uh, of a keyword and put a um apostrophe on the other side so it's not quotes onto the and you know what happens Google yeah, ignores yeah. the quotes cuz it's
0: it's And it doesn't oh, so if you did a quote and an accidental apostrophe on positive keywords they they do look at that as broad
1: they consider it broad they they just ignore the punctuation yeah. because it's not true match type it it should have been a But then quote what about on the negative? Side. On negative same thing applies if they put a plus on something or they do the phrase match wrong if if they don't close the exact match properly it becomes broad
0: okay so i i misunderstood you for a second so if you add running shoes with a modifier on each word as a negative the way you understand it is you're essentially adding running shoes broad, broad negative yeah regular broad, broad negative body. yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah okay so there's no such thing as modifiers for negative uh, broad keywords and then the second thing to know is negative they they say this in their documentation negative match types work differently than positive yes. counterparts so just to, and and the the general way they work differently is they're just more of what you add is what you get so with positive keywords we have this thing the close variant so if you add running shoes phrase match as a positive you will be el- eligible to show up on singular running shoe yep yep but on negative phrase match running shoes you still will be able to show up on running shoe and it won't include that. So there's no such thing as variance right? when it comes to – That's a good well, one. Well, yeah, I say that. They do They do say broad shoes running, but I, I think a good way to think of it is there's no such thing as ne- variance on negative. That's at least a good way to think about it.
1: The reason we have so many questions on this is because we don't have the the opposite of search terms – on the negative keywords. We don't get to see what was blocked due to a negative keyword. And we never will because Google will never share what was blocked because that's way too much data that would give away for way free. Way too much data, yeah. So um, yeah. so people will always wonder. And my answer is this. I'd say 90% of my keywords are one-word broad match negative keywords. So they're, they're the word cheap or... A, a state name or something like that. Just one word. You like doing that? One word? Yeah. One word broad match. That's what I do. Because I know, just like you said, there's no variance. If I put the word cheap, it doesn't also do cheaper, cheapest, cheaps, misspellings. Inexpensive. Yeah. Inexpensive. It's misspelling. If Affordable. They put, yeah. If they put- No, it's cheap. It Cheap. C-H-E-A-P. Cheap. cheap. Not C-H-E-E-P. It doesn't recognize that. You know, it just does one or the other. So the other 10%- might be two-word phrase match and maybe a few exact match, but everything else, one word broad match, and that's it. No modified, no pluses in front, nothing.
0: So you've gone, it sounds like you've got you you've always been more open to adding broad as negatives. Now I still do it. I do it. But I would say I add way more phrase match negative keywords than you do. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think it's probably for no reason. I think, you know, you've been doing it long enough where you you if you were paying a price for adding Pure broad keywords as negatives. I shouldn't say that. I should just say broad as negatives. And you were missing out on searches that you wanted to show up on. You probably would have realized that at this point. And so that means it's not a problem. So my little thing where I'm trying to do this phrase match dance, it's, it makes me feel better, but there's probably not a lot of reason to, unless there's an exact phrase that you don't like showing up on. So if you wanted to target blue running shoes, but you didn't want to show up on it, the, the times I use phrase and it's actually needed, there are some times it is needed, um, but it's just pretty straightforward. It's when that exact phrase is not something you want to show up mm-hmm. on and you don't want to overblock things. Yep. And then Chris, something we're not really discussing here. I think it shows the lack of importance generally. Exact match negatives. Yeah. I'll, is that a thing that matters? I,
1: for me my favorite way to do exact match negatives and and let's, let's go with running shoes. I'll do shoes, exact match, negative shoes, because I don't want to show up on shoes. Shoes is not important. So I'll do exact match one word, but if I put shoes as a broad match, I just screwed up my entire running shoe campaign because I blocked the word shoes. Or phrase, yeah. Or phrase. I have to do exact match negative shoes. That's what I usually do is I say, I'm interested in running shoes, but anything that's just shoes or doesn't include running. Yeah, but
0: I I I wish I could give you those seconds of your life back because if you're running a campaign with phrase match keywords, broad match modified keywords, and exact match keywords, and it's all about running shoes and stuff, and you're worried about showing up on the word shoes... On that search term, that's not going to happen no, to a Chris Schaefer campaign, not, right?
1: Right. But another way to take it a step further, one thing I do, which I was just looking at this before we started the podcast with a client, I was showing them how I was targeting a specific two-word phrase match. But in reality, I'm l- more interested in the longer compound terms that aren't just two words but have multiple words after it. So if I'm interested in selling running shoes, but I but I get way too much traffic with the phrase phrase match running shoes, I will add phrase match running shoes as a positive at the regular keyword. And then I will add as a negative phrase match keyword running shoes. Okay. Exact. Running shoes. Exact. Thank you.
0: Yes. As a negative.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Exact match. Because negative.
0: what you're yes. saying is sometimes you, sometimes you do target phrase match keywords. However, those phrase match have you showing up on the exact match version mm-hmm. of that search Way term. too much. And that, and sometimes you want to block that out because that's the highest volume one. Exactly. That makes sense. So that, that's, an exa- that's a good example of when to use an exact match negative. I would say this to Naz and everyone listening about negative keywords. Chris and I are fluent in negative keywords. There's parts of the Google Ads platform where they just don't affect our campaigns that much. Right. We don't use them that much. Yeah. And it's just not stuff we focus on. But something I think we both focus on heavily is negative keywords and it's kind of hard to explain and verbalize but there is definitely a flow that happens when you're adding positive keywords you're judging search terms and at the same time you're adding negative keywords and all I can it's again it's hard to verbalize but the way it works in my brain is they're all kind of one they're, they're all kind of go together so if I know if I'm adding a positive keyword I know what negatives to watch out for if I add and uh, if I see a search term I I know what negatives could come about in the future. So I preemptively add those just by seeing a search term that isn't the exact negative I want to add. So it all kind of flows together once you get good at it.
1: I'm I'm not the king of um, taking and making uh, word pictures like you are, Jason, but I would say negative keywords are the water. That was pretty good what
0: you just did, word <laughs> pictures. That, yeah, that's a good start right so there. So
1: I would say negative keywords are the water in my pottery making cold thing Mm, boy i really they're they're the frosting on your cake no that i'm not talking do you eat okay the water to my pot what do they call people that make pottery the water to my pottery wheel you know like it's the part that i mold my traffic into it's the it's the part that makes me to be able to you know you dip your hands in the water and then you you squeeze it and you, you change it into a shape That's the, it's the, it's the thing that helps me to focus and change the shape of my traffic. Gosh, in my head, I was thinking about how that would stop. Look, okay. We're going to Erna. Chris, just interestingly, I, I
0: came across this today when I was researching negatives, just reading from the documentation, then we'll wrap up negatives for display campaigns. A set of negative keywords will be excluded as an exact topic ads won't show on a page, even if the exact keywords or phrase are on that page right. explicitly, but the topic of the content mm-hmm. is strongly related to the excluded set of negative keywords. Right. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like on display, if you're running a keyword campaign, uh, and then the, you target pages that have those keywords or are about those keywords, and then you add multiple negative keywords it sounds like it judges the content and they say oh if this content is like the set of negative keywords so they're judging negative keywords as a group when you do it on a display campaign
1: yeah keyword uh keywords for display are always based on uh topics and themes it's never individual keywords which has always blown my mind because go look at a keyword content uh matched display campaign what do you see a whole bunch of impressions and clicks on individual keywords they say they say these don't match to individual keywords but then the hit, the 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 hits and the impressions and clicks that you get show on individual keywords that always makes me so mad because what they say happens is not reflected in the reporting you might have one keyword that has 50000 impressions and you're like why does that have 50,000?
0: One day, one day, we'll get to the bottom of the display campaigns. I just have this image in my head of, like, wrapping up a
1: hostage and, like, Who do you work for? <laughs> like, How does it work? Tell me what's going on with display. <laughs> Why is all this on? Yeah, I know. I'll just keep calling the Google 800 number until they, until they tell me. I've been on hold for years. Um, Erna from Cape Town, South Africa. All right, this is a long question, guys, but I wanted to read the whole thing. Hey, guys. I've been wanting to let you know for Yonks. That's what it was tied for Yonks now. For Yonks now, how much I love the podcast. Been listening for a long time now. I started listening around the time when Jason was having a meltdown over average position being sunsetted. And that was when my Google I take
0: it back. It was a good thing. It really was a good <laughs> thing. I, I was in the wrong. And I'm not going to apologize because I said I'm not going to apologize, and I got to stay consistent because I'm stubborn. But you know what? Uh, I learned from that experience because they they knew what they were doing on that. I've, maybe I, I really fell in love with average position, but I've decided not to go back there. So let's put it this way: I still love average position, but I do. I have come to love top impression share and absolute top impression share. It's just a different kind of love. It's just different.
1: I still I still think they should have kept both. That, that was my position when they did it, and I still think they should have kept both.
0: Hey, nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with that idea. But you know what? Uh, I've let that one go. So you have good uh, chemistry. I got triggered a little, but oh I gotta, I gotta let it, go. I gotta let it go.
1: You gotta, you have count to ten. Here. Okay, okay.
0: What 3, you for that ten? <laughs> Man, I wish I had a professional back. If you could do both, why not do both? Why See what you, you did. Both? See what you did, Erna. You,
1: it, you, you do set one them one. off.
0: Because then people like me. Manage it for years and make a ton of money and get great results. And then all of a sudden it changes <laughs> and you could just have both and you could just add it like you add other columns. But Jason, we're on our second hey, question.
1: Let, we're on our second question.
0: I, hey, you know what? I've let that one go. No, you haven't. That was a good, it really worked. It worked <laughs> out for me so well. To just let it go. Yeah. And then just accept that mm-hmm. I really do like top and pressure share and absolute top and pressure share. And just not to think about my ex, average position and not, not, uh, okay.
1: not bring it up. So I've, I've let it go. I'm good. we can tell you have good chemistry and make Google ads a lot of fun. My sincerest appreciation to tell you the truth. I mostly listen in the pot to the podcast while I'm in the bath. (laughs) And I always end up dipping my head under the water when you say something important. And then I have to rewind LOL. We have a online. Okay. Now, so that was it. That was, I just, I thought that was really funny. The whole story. (laughs) So I just wanted to read all of it. Okay. Here's the actual question. Uh, We have an online florist and I, I've Decided to do our PPC myself because the exorbitant prices were quoted by digital agencies was a joke. My question today is Hey, like, hey, you
0: know what? A lot they, they cost a lot, a lot of prices, but you can get that nice hundred keyword negative that's right from the start of your campaign. They have that template, affect anything. So if you want to pay for that, you can get that. Yeah, you can get that if you want it. Beautiful. That, that's what those prices go.
1: Beautiful templates about. that they copy and paste, and they're just extensive negative oh, keywords.
0: Yeah, wait, but my campaigns haven't started yet. So how do those negative?
1: Oh, we're, we, we trust, we us, already just know, us, just just trust us. We, we've done, we do this all the time. We have tons of experience in this industry. <laughs> hey guys, go look it up on the internet and copy and paste a CVS file. <laughs> okay. My question today is about how Google ads works with different time zones when scheduling is used. If I'm in South Africa and I advertise in the USA, do I use my time zone for the scheduling on the USA campaign? Or do I adjust my time zone for where my ad is showing? Keep up the laughs and tell Jimmy I said hi. So, Chris, first
0: thing is you you set your time zone when you create your account. This was new to me. I looked it up today and it says from their help docs, we can only reset your time zone once. So, forward. They talk about how you, yeah. Oh, okay. Request to change time zone must come from an admin user and the time zone may only be shifted eastward. Right. So, not in
1: the past. It can't go. You got backwards in time.
0: <laughs> all right. To, to me that I've always taken that as you, you don't get to, like, it is what you, it is when you set it up. Cause I don't want to think about east <laughs> forward and all that. And by the way, uh, Erna, you mentioned that, how does it work with USA? I'm in South. By the way, we have four time zones. So don't, don't mention the USA as just one monolithic time zone. We, we're a great land of body. We're a great mass of coast to coast land. And we have four time four. zones. That's right. So, and then every now and then Phoenix gets a little crazy and no one really knows what they're doing with theirs, but we have four <laughs> generally. Some other countries like Russia have 12. It's impressive. But you know what? We have, we have four. And if it was up to me, we would have 12 because, or 13, yeah. because we're number one. Because we'd be number one. So, That's right. Yeah. That said, uh, so basically, yeah, you can reset it and go eastward, blah, blah, blah. But it's basically is what you set it, what it is when you set up your account. So here's where that plays a role. You can look at your account settings, or you can look at a little line that shows up when you're editing your schedule. It should tell you what your time zone is. And check me if I'm wrong here, Chris, but the schedule is set to the time zone that your account is in. So if you're in Florida and you're running your ads, your schedule says 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday, Mm -hmm. that's based on Florida, which is Uh, your account is set to Eastern standard time. So when it's nine o'clock in Florida, your ads, 9 p.m., your ads stop running after 9 p.m. So that means if you are managing an account that was set up in an Eastern time zone and you're you're running ads in California and you want your ads to show up in 9 p.m. California, that's when you want them to go off. Then you set them to go off at 12 a.m., Eastern time, because California is three hours behind where your time zone is. So the point is, when you set your schedule, it's not to the location you're targeting. It's to the time zone on your account. Is that correct, Chris?
1: That's right. And my tip, I only have one tip. You're exactly right. Nothing to add, except my favorite thing. I don't know if anyone else notices this, but if you scroll all the way to the bottom of any page on Google Ads, at the very bottom, it always shows what time zone you're in. So, that's it. You don't have to go to account settings. It's always down at the very bottom. It shows what... Oh, the bottom of
0: the account. Very
1: bottom of the account. If you're looking at keywords or ads or whatever, all the way bottom. Very, Let's check that. I'll check you in real time. I'll yeah, check you in real time. Very bottom of the page. Look for the little, uh, you know, tiny text that you usually ignore, and it will show the time zone.
0: Time zones for all dates and times, central time. There it is. Interesting. Always there. On this account. By the way, this just needs to be said, because I've had this with some clients lately where i'm like this is how you add your billing to the account and then we went back 10 times back and forth by email whenever we reference something in the account we're always talking about desktop is that fair to say yeah because now that the mobile mobile app app is becoming more popular and there's ads for it and you 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 can hear it from your clients more people are checking their results on the mobile app nothing wrong with that i do it as well but anything we always make our changes and on desktop. Yep, so always. yeah. I've, we've just run into that confusion that,
1: before. That makes sense because we make our living in Google Ads. Why would I do it on my phone? So, yeah, uh, I agree. Lots more people are using the mobile. And that's a recommendation now. If you go to the recommendations in Google Ads, it even pops up and says, recommendation, download the mobile app. <laughs> and then if, mm. and if you, you say you did it, then you get like a percentage bump. In your recommendations, we talked about that on 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 <laughs> on, 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 on on Patreon. Yeah, that was my. Name. It was beautiful. All right, Jason's you. You're
0: beautiful. It's true. Alessandra, beautiful name, by the way. I like it that is. name, Alessandra from from Milano, Italy. Hi guys. The more I listen, the more I learn, and more questions come to mind. If a campaign is set to target a particular region of Italy. Would there be a reason to add keywords like service X in city X? So like moving companies in Milano or service X near me, service X in my area, movers near me, movers in my area. I hear you mention these types of keywords often. By the way, we call those geo keywords, keywords that include a city or geo, geographical, whatever, geographical name in them. And also, we also include around me, near me, in my area. Because those are kind of the same same idea. But I do not understand their value if the location is set at the campaign level. Mm. Thank you for being the best podcast on Google Ads. I really appreciate it, Chris. I have a lot of strong thoughts, as you can see yes, from my write-up here. <laughs> uh, just for every... Chris, you want to give people an idea of what you opened this doc up to and saw what your podcast partner was doing on his Thursday morning? No,
1: just... Were you concerned? Just, Just the same kind of stuff you would expect if you opened up Twitter... After something explosive happened in twenty twenty, which is basically every day, the full cap ranting is what you know you see. Just Hablabla. no, but it's a, but it's more than a tweet. It's like yeah, it's like it's a like
0: good a, solid yeah. long seven paragraph sentences, of like one sentence and all caps,
1: yeah, yeah. A constant run on sentence that should have been seven, but it's like one so, sentence. Some
0: words, some words,
1: some words were underlined. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. Some words um, would not be able to be broadcasted on public TV. So. Um, yeah, so that's what I saw. You want me to read it? No, you can't because we're, uh, we're friendly. Um, but I'm going to give a quick answer. And Jason, uh, I guess I'll sit down and listen to you rant. But anyway, my thought is this. When it comes to geographic, there's definitely some value in doing it. Geo um, Geo keywords. Yeah, is that not what I said? Ge- yeah, geographic keyword. Said
0: geographic, like no one. It's this National Geographic. Oh yeah. <laughs> is this a career path? Is this a major you want to major in? Is this a trip you're taking? Geographic. No what is What ge- is? I want to do geographic, mom. What does that mean? No, I want to do
1: geo keywords, mom. Okay, son. Good job. Yeah. Geo keywords. Thank you. Go. Geo keywords. Thank you. He's he's on his second diet coke. So I apologize for both of us. Um. When it comes to adding these terms, I usually don't do it unless there is some kind of value associated with Greece? the... Ge- wow. We
0: learn more and more about each other every time <laughs> we do a podcast. Well, yeah. I will make love to a geo keyword. Like, I, <laughs> I know you will. How do you not add Give ge- me what
1: are you talking my about? two minutes.
0: Please explain what you're trying I'm to say try- right now. <laughs> <Dang it. laughs> well, I'm trying to listen. Yeah, well, no, you're, you're just not. making less and No, less you're sense. not.
1: Okay. I add geographic terms... Whenever the the business derives some kind of value for that geographic area, okay? So if it's a national thing, if they're selling vitamins and they're gonna they ship it to everywhere, I do not go in and add all the major metro areas in the United States as as terms. There's no value for that. But Oh, I didn't think about that. You're right. So good point. If someone has a service area you know, and there might be some kind of value because they're based in this area, but they also serve a hundred miles around and there's some value to you know the fact that you have a landing page or a website that mentions that a specific geographic area, then okay, if you have a landing page that says we service City X and you have an ability to point to that, then you have a value of putting that keyword in. But if you just have a generic page that says we service area X and there's nothing specific about the city, county, metro, nothing like that. There's there's not usually any value in doing that. You know, sure you could create special ads that call that out, but why create special ads that call them out that then dump them onto a page that just say, oh, we service the entire state of Texas? There's a loss of value there. There's not really a whole lot of consistency in the messaging. So If there's a value for geographic terms, I do it. And as long as I have some type of landing page website that conveys that message a little further, then great. If there's not, and there's no landing page that conveys that geographic further, then I don't.
0: Well, everyone's seeing the difference in uh, the way brains are affected by someone who works on a lot of... We do, both of us do B2B, both of us do B2C, but Chris does a lot of B2B. National campaigns. I do a lot of B2C mm. local campaigns. Okay. Good point. Sometimes I think I'm the last man on earth, the last real man, Chris. And at the same time, I'm the last champion of small business. Wow. There's that guy who goes on TV and he always talks about working with your hands, and he's the last like real jobs guy. I'm the last local business guy. Like, wow. I love local businesses. That's who I work for. And man, I'm telling you, geo keywords are on my. I think about them before I sleep at night. Like, really? and I have seen the different. Yes, really, Chris. That's what I'm trying to say. So, few thoughts. I get what you're saying about they're not important when you do national with the vitamins. That was a great example because I advertise my for my myself, Google Ads managers, Google Ads agency, that kind of stuff, PPC manager, and I advertise nationally. In the I I look for the settings and it says number one country and then I select it and we all know. United States of America, and so I target the number one country. And sometimes I get search terms that say "Google Ads agencies in whatever town in New Hampshire." And when I look at that kind of geo search, I usually don't block it because they're rare in terms of repeating. But at the same time, I'm like, "Oh man!" Like if someone sees that and comes to my website and they're in New Hampshire. Are they not going to want to work with me because I'm not a local New Hampshire agency? And they talked about that in their search. So that's where geo could be a negative. But when I hear the word geo keyword and services, I think about local businesses. When it comes to local businesses, I love geo keywords, Chris. A couple of reasons. One, because you know exactly what you're getting with that search term. If someone does a search, divorce lawyers, Memphis, divorce lawyers in Memphis, you know for sure, or to the highest extent possible, that the the best odds are in your favor that that's actually a person who wants a divorce lawyer in Memphis. If you target the keyword divorce lawyers, phrase match, you can get a lot of crap that comes with that. And the ratio of search, ter- search users that are actually needing a divorce lawyer in Memphis go down. So, I try both, but I've leaned very heavily on those geo keywords that come up. And I've just found them to work great. So the question is, what's the reason to add them? For me, it's not about the landing page. It's not about the overall search experience. If someone does a search divorce lawyers in and they use a suburb of Memphis, that's 10 minutes away. And the guy's website is all about being a divorce lawyer in Memphis. I still think it's going to perform fine. So it's not about a landing page to me. It's just about control over the intent of the person doing the search and anybody for B 2 B2C for a local business that's searching near me, Searching the city name as part of their search, I know the best odds are in their favor that they're actually going to be someone who needs our business. If I put on a regular phrase match, divorce lawyers, broad match, modified divorce lawyers, I can get a whole lot of stuff and the ratio goes down. That said, as you've seen from my notes here, Chris, there's no reason to go crazy with it on your build. I've run into this just recently. Someone was like, well, we need more ad groups. And as Dominique, Cheyazi said on The Sopranos once, I heard this from a behind-the-scenes podcast recently, he screamed at a guy. He's an actor, Chris. He screamed at some director or someone on the set, and he said, tell me, he said don't tell me how to do it. Just tell me what you want. And so I, I screamed at an agency this week. I said, don't tell me how to do it. Don't tell me how many <laughs> ad groups I need. Just tell me what you want, right. and I'll deliver. And so there's no reason to go crazy on the build with tons of ad groups and every single geo you can come up with, but get, get the basics in there. And then that keyword divorce lawyers phrase match, you'll start to see more and more geos come in there, more zip codes people do on their searches. And then when you see those in your search room support, you can add them to your, to your ad groups. Oh, by the way, Chris, location settings, this is important. This is very important. The advanced location settings tremendously impact what kind of search rooms you show up Mm. on. If you do advanced location settings, target people in or who show interest in your targeted location, you're going to get a lot of geos because if you're running ads in Memphis for divorce lawyer, someone in Seattle can type divorce lawyer, Memphis, you show up and then people in or regularly in that's locked down. But then here's an interesting one. You and I have never done it and it's always the great mystery out there. People searching for your targeted location.
1: Never used it, yeah. I've, I've
0: never. it, But aren't you curious? Yeah. Don't you want to scratch that itch, yeah. Chris? I do. I want it so bad that I've never, ever done it. I want it so bad that every time I build a campaign, I'm like, no, I'm not doing yeah. it this time. But I want it bad because yeah. <laughs> it makes me so curious. The idea there would be you target Memphis, you put in a keyword divorce lawyer's phrase match, and it says people searching for your target location. The only search terms you would show up on people even though you have one keyword Memphis. divorce lawyer's phrase match. No, no. Uh, No, no, I'm saying this way, go ahead and do excluded locations, target Memphis, like a radius around Memphis, Uh exclude every other state in the country, Uh exclude every other country in the world. But what would happen for people in Memphis? Would it be divorce lawyers phrase match? That's your one keyword. Would you only show up on geo searches like divorce lawyers in Memphis, divorce lawyers near me?
1: I don't know. That's a a great. And would that,
0: would that make campaigns even better? If you're focused on geo, that's a great itch. I need to scratch. And one day I will find out where I'm itching and scratch it, but I haven't done it yet, but it's always on my mind as the ultimate campaign settings for a geo lover.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, Jason, this next question, I'm going to say we, I think it's so such a hot topic. We may devote uh, a show to talking about this. I, I I'm, I'm going to say for now, let's uh, let's call it a wrap. And- All
0: right, let's do so. Next next week's show is going to be a re- refresher on automated bids versus manual bids. Twenty twenty. I'm going to put that little twenty twenty in the title because it seems to draw people's attention, right. and we're going to give the state of the union on our takes on point, yeah. automated bids versus manual bidding based on. Another question from Alessandra, so we'll use that as inspiration for
1: next episode. Yep. All right. So we're going to cover that. But first, I've got some homework for you guys. Pull up your browsers. O-P-T-E-O dot com slash PSP2. Optio.com dot com slash PSP2. I want you guys to try it because we really do believe in it. They've been a great sponsor. And if you enjoy content like this, I mean, it's important that you guys uh, try out our sponsors. Give them a chance because this is a good product. They put a lot of time into it. And, uh, you know, I, I was even telling Jason, I think their site even stands out. I mean, you don't even have to pay for anything. you go look at their site. Their site stands out because they show you pictures on their site of what it looks like what their software looks like, you know, the kind of options and stuff. Go out there and see how many screenshots you get of other online softwares, you know. They don't really show you what the backend looks like, and these guys do. They show you behind the paywall view of uh, what you get when you pay your money. So optio.com slash 2 and use the chat box down at the bottom. Chat with one of their uh, support team. Tell them you listen to the Paid Search Podcast and you want an extra month of their tool for free and they'll give it to you. That's the only way you can get it. There's no code to use. You just have to let them know and you get the two month free trial. So optio.com slash PSP two. We thank them for their sponsorship. And also we thank our patrons, which we read a beautiful review last week about how people enjoy the podcast. Um, and uh, so we're going to continue this great tradition of two guys depressed and not funny talking about google ads and the business of google ads join us we're going to answer two questions that came in one is from uh jason not the jason but a jason who asked a question about the business of. The that's person. actually how he left
0: his name he said a jason yeah. just so there was no yeah. <laughs> mistake on uh, understanding who it was
1: he said a jason a jason yeah so and then meredith from australia left a question that we're going to answer on the, uh, the Patreon as well so join us two bucks a month for the audio you just grab the, the, the very exclusive RSS feed punch that into your normal podcast listening app and you get it seamless you don't have to go to Patreon to download it uh, you, you just you just get it and we pull two bucks out of your account every month and you thank us for doing that so thanks for listening we'll be back next week for those of you that don't have two bucks and for those that do We'll talk to you in a second.